from the top of the charts to the dusty $1 bin and everything in between, it's time for another review on Life to Labyrinth. All right, welcome back to another episode of Life to Labyrinth podcast. My name is Bryn with, as always, Angie. Hi, Angie. Hi, hi. And Steven. Hello. How's everybody doing this week? Great. How are you? I am just fine, thanks. I'm just fine. <laughs> Better than bad, I guess. <laughs> it's been another great week of being alone in my house. Nice. <laughs> yeah, man. Even I'm starting to feel it, like... Oof. It's like intense introverts. <laughs> it's like it's like when everybody else was like, I just need to go to a concert. I'm just like, eh. Yeah, right. It was like now nah, I'm good staying home. Yeah, I'm the I'm the extrovert here. I'm hundred uh, percent. I'm suffering on the inside, but uh I got really deep into storage wars this week and it was a really great distraction. <laughs> I got deep. I got deep. Like I was googling, where are they now? And I know everything about everything now. And it's, uh, I'm embarrassed, but it was great. Embarrassed, but well informed. <laughs> I have been there. Not recently, when it was still in first run. I was like googling it to be like, is this for real? <laughs> are Brandy and Jared divorced yet? Because they hate each other. Isn't yeah. that guy who everybody hates? Shouldn't he be probably in prison? Yeah. I think he is. I don't know, is it Dave or something? Dave Hester? Is that his name? Did I get it? Um, right? He had a health scare recently. Been <laughs> <laughs> that long since I watched it? People are now having health scares. Um, yeah, I, I'm telling you, I got into it. I don't think he's in prison, no, but he did get in trouble by trying to say that it was all bullshit and stuff was planted, and apparently A&E was paying for the female, um, what, ba basically Brandy to get breast implants and shit like that. Anyways, I don't, I'm getting really sidetracked <laughs> into my new hobby. <laughs> Dang. I haven't watched Storage Wars in a long time. I, I was a sucker for a long time for, for reality television. I did pay for the Discovery Channel for quite a long time to watch crab fishing. And <laughs> Renee hated it and still to this day brings it up. I'd be like, you know, babe, I'm just getting into a new show. She's like, is it fucking crab fishing? I'm like, no! <laughs> That's fantastic. Like, is it about cars? Is it crab fishing? Like, what is it now? I was like, to shut up do they just show people crab fishing like mostly oh, uh, it's, or is I mean, it like it's, deadliest catch but yeah, deadliest catch. no it's deadliest catch oh okay. that's what they fish for oh see i don't watch any of that that's, shit <laughs> that's what they're catching is crabs oh there you go <laughs> but um from the sea yeah anything from the water scares the shit out of me so i don't think i'd appreciate that show it's fair. <laughs> I think it's all prehistoric aliens of the water, and they freak me out. See, I love the water, but I do agree that there's probably some really messed up shit that we haven't found yet, because there's a whole depth of ocean we can't go to, and that terrifies the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see them. I don't want them to touch me. I don't want to know they're there. <laughs> Isn't it true that, like, as a species, we've mapped more of the universe than we have of the oceans at this point? That sounds accurate but i'm just taking your word for it yeah i know i for sure have heard it before i can't comment on the legitimacy of it but it sounds right i'm gonna say it with i'm gonna say it with confidence i'm gonna approach this like any situation i'm gonna wear a safety vest and a clipboard and i'm just gonna walk right in with confidence and just, if you I'm post it that. on facebook it's true so yes. <laughs> just do a post right after this that's right we've done i'll just as long as i do it in meme form yeah with with maybe like it's got to have a minion on it if it's Facebook. Some kind of like wistful picture. <laughs> like a child standing beside a puddle or something. Or looking up at the sky. Looking up at the sky near the water. Yeah. Wow. Um, what are we here for? <laughs> right. So how about them Yankees? <laughs> <laughs> we have so a music podcast called Life to Labyrinth. <laughs> What? Where we listen to an album a week and we talk about it, and on, on on weeks maybe that we're not super excited to jump into it, we try and talk about literally everything. <laughs> Excuse you both! <laughs> How dare! 
So, Steven, it was your pick, and I'm just going to stay out of the gate. I didn't dislike it, so I'm going to I'm going to take full responsibility for all my teasing, but I didn't dislike it. So tell us about what we're listening to, or what we did listen to. <laughs> so, thanks to yours truly, I made them listen to the Best of Charlie Pride album that's on Spotify for the year 2014. It's just a, it's a good collection of iconic or memorable Charlie Pride songs, either from specific points in his career or that demonstrate different kind of aspects of his talent. I wanted to do this because Charlie Pride passed away December 12th, 2020 from COVID related symptoms. And it's, it's sad. He was a, Charlie Pride was an incredible person. He was always happy, agreeable. He loved his fans. He loved what he did. And it's not only hard to lose him, but his, his impact on country music is arguably the largest that a single artist has ever made. Like to, to start with, he was the first black country artist i meant to double check the name but there was there is an african-american harmonica player who was performing at the grand old opry before charlie pride started recording isn't country was it ford bailey yeah of course (laughs) yeah um wealth of of wikipedia (laughs) so yeah so charlie pride was was the first um it was the first black country artist. And it, actually doing the research for this episode, I realized still only one of true, like honestly a handful of African-American country music artists. I mean, for obvious reasons, given its origin and how deeply entrenched the themes of racism and slavery are in country. But Charlie Pride just- say, Yeah, I was genuinely surprised. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I was oh, genuinely surprised when I saw that he died in like the music subreddit or something at the time. I was astonished, yeah, about the fact that he was this beloved country music singer and that he was black. Yeah. Especially at the time that he would have been at his prime, so to speak. You know, you think of how difficult it would be for someone now, like Darius Rucker or something, to to become a famous country music scene. Like, he was, he was, his audience are the very people that would have held his ancestors back. Like, he was trying to appeal, like, there's so many barriers he would have had to go through to find any success at all, much less become a member of the Grand Old Opry. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's beloved in the industry. I mean, Dolly Parton put out a personal statement regarding his loss. They were really good friends. How could you not be? It's Dolly Parton. I love Dolly. <laughs> yeah, D- Dolly and Charlie were really good friends, and they were both really bright, kind of energy-filled personalities. And yeah, the, the amount of struggle and adversity he would have had to overcome it's something I don't think we could even remotely attempt to fathom. And it just, it makes what he did all the more incredible. But he's also, I i really do like Charlie Pride. I love his voice. I think he's got this incredible, like, baritone that also has a bit of that, like, country warmth to it almost. That, like, a little bit of graveliness in it. Just, I don't know, makes, he's got, like, a, a beautiful professional voice, but he doesn't feel like a professional when you listen to him. Mm-hmm. Saying that... The album absolutely, like right out the gate, <clears throat> suffers from being extremely heavy in <clears throat> traditional love song ballads, because that is such a huge part of his discography. But he also kind of pioneered that sound for country. Like that's that's what a lot of people think of when they hear classic country, and a lot of that comes from Charlie Pride. Well, that um, no, yeah, the whole you know my wife left me and took my truck and all that stuff like the yeah the way people make fun of country music songs is what his sound like and i don't mean that in a negative way but it's just sort of very stereotypical sounding yeah exactly what people imagine old country music sounds like i didn't know that that largely came from him that's really interesting right it had been around but he he was such a force like just the the sheer amount of albums he cranked out there was a four-year period where every single single he released was a number one. Wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> he just he took the industry by storm, and he did a lot of really cool things, including they once he once played a show with Willie Nelson in a Texas town. I think it was 68, 69, and the crowd was super apprehensive, partly because a lot of a lot of his music would get played without a visual component. Right? It was the early 60s, so a lot of people who listened to Charlie Pride didn't understand that Charlie Pride was black because he had that all-American, what they thought of as white country voice. A ton of his fans didn't know that their favorite country artist was a black man until they showed up for shows. That's or, hilarious. Yeah, or saw posters and shit. And I guess he went... understandable, up- though. 
Oh, yeah. When he was out, like, he would have been just on the radio, right? Like, these are people who probably didn't have a lot of money, so they didn't probably own stereos, much less spending money to go and buy records or singles. They probably just put country music radio on, and anyone that's traveled anywhere in the United States knows that that's the one thing that's guaranteed no matter where you are. You could be in the middle of nowhere, and you're still going to find a country music station that, within range yeah, of Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, these are probably, yeah, these, and, like, there's no internet, and the little small towns are like there was they, there wouldn't have been concerts or anything i think a lot of the time but yeah it's yeah. Not, not difficult to imagine somebody in a rural town in the southern u.s who just listened to country music radio and had no access to see what any of these artists looked like yeah right it seems crazy to us now but that was just kind of reality and right obviously then the assumption was oh it's going to be a white performer mm-hmm. so like <laughs> there are actually like there are old tracks of charlie prides that you can find where you can hear the crowd talking and right Bryn made fun of this that so much of this music's live recorded and you always hear the like the session of clapping and charlie never once doesn't thank his audience for clapping i think that's hilarious every time it it started he's like thank you I'm so in love with you clapping. Thank you. Thank you. Every time. <laughs> I loved it. I didn't expect this to be a live album at all. I was so pleasantly surprised. I but actually, yeah, I didn't expect it. I didn't listen to a live Ramones album where every track starts with one, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a safe, a safety net. You knew he was going to be like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do think, I do think his music does shine better, honestly, in live anyways. I think most country music does. Yeah, so he just, no, he just dominated the industry for years and he routinely shocked and informed and educated people everywhere he went. There probably wasn't a single stop Charlie would have made that didn't shock or, you know, stir some shit up in. And like, one of my favorite stories is he was, when he was on tour with Willie Nelson, they were performing at this little Texas town and he walks on stage and the crowd's super tense, apparently, like, there's just this really nervous silence in the air. So to break the tension, Willie Nelson just struts out on stage, kisses Charlie full on the mouth, and then starts playing music. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> like That's so badass. Yeah, it was just it was so unbelievable and came from someone they respected with so much like almost fanaticism at that point in Willie Nelson's career. <laughs> that yeah, it just worked. And then the two of them put on what was no doubt a killer fucking concert. Mm-hmm. And it's, I just, I don't know. It just blows my mind every time that somehow they broke through <laughs> racial tension by invoking queer tension and then just being like, <laughs> now we're going to play music and you're going to deal with it. <laughs> and it fucking worked. <laughs> like, Interesting because I know from like my study of, of the Beatles and whatnot that like a lot of the places in the southern U.S., even in the mid-60s, were still segregated audiences. And the Beatles kind of refused to play that if they were going to be segregated. And so he was probably, again, playing in in dance halls or theaters and stuff where it would have been segregated audiences. And a lot of these people, yeah, to, and then to see this smiling black man walk out on stage was probably not what they expected. They're probably like, how did, how did he get in front of us? Like, Yeah, right. It, he would just, he would completely shake up the kind of perception of normality for every town he strolled through and every show he played he was constantly breaking barriers and essentially forcing people to confront themselves by being like oh i love this music i really identify with this artist and then have to face the notion that they're identifying with a black man and there's no there's nothing they can do that can change the fact that it happened so he mm-hmm. he forced a lot of people to take really hard looks at themselves in society. I don't know. It's just it's a combination of who I think is genuinely a very strong, talented country artist and someone who I I can't even imagine the impact Charlie Pride's music and his touring had on the development of culture in the United States. I just think it's astronomical and every story you hear about him is incredibly positive. I couldn't really find a ton of really messed up or horror stories it was just him showing up at towns kind of enlightening them being cheerful and happy performing good music and then moving on and then there's just i don't know there's just something kind of sweet and fun about that very wholesome yeah <laughs> i'm being very quiet over here i'm aware of that um 
I think Angie, you might have been the one that was perhaps the you struggled with the album as more because I get the impression you don't listen to any country music. Do you listen to any country music? No, not at all. Okay. Yeah, the whole genre for me, I don't. I have a well, as Bryn knows, we grew up in a small kind of rednecky town, and there was a lot of country music. To be as kind of as kind of, (laughs) (laughs) and I just never was. My parents didn't listen to it. I was never really exposed to it. I think my dad listened to some old time country. Like, I'm sure he knew, I'm sure he listened to Charlie Pride, but not, I don't know any of it. So I had no connection to it. And kind of part of like my rebellion to be like, uh, I'm not born and bred in Elmont. Oh shit, I said it out loud. Anyway, I think we said it before. We have. (laughs) Was that like kind of my rejection of the whole culture was also rejecting country music. And, I, it's really like unfortunately burned into my soul. So, yeah, when this started with that twang, my skin crawled. <laughs> I listened to it several times, like I did. I even tried just dancing to it, just to let you know. Sorry, I missed that. Yep, that's what I do. If I really need to try and get into it, I'll just dance in my kitchen. This has nothing to do with Charlie Pride, I think, obviously. He's a pioneer and that's brilliant, but country, I can't get myself into country music. I feel like I'm stuck in a fucking elevator with a cowboy. (laughs) I just can't get out. (laughs) It sounds all the fucking same. It's all the same subject matter. And I'm being really assholey because I know there's lots of different kinds of country music, but I, I have always had a chip on my shoulder about it and it has not gone away but i listened to it <laughs> well i apologize so and appreciate it <laughs> i I'll, I'll i'll throw you a safety net in that i was the same i had the same attitude about country music and i had the same separation from it in terms of my parents my parents you know i like to say that just because i grew up in almont doesn't mean i'm from there yeah or just because i'm from almont doesn't mean that i have to act like it um and so like my parents like moved there i think we've discussed mine too (laughs) previous episodes right like so you and i were there was there was seemed to be two groups of people in in the town we grew up in there was people like us who our parents moved there to give their kids a better life away from a city and there were people who were like fifth generation and there didn't really seem to be a whole lot of in between the thing that i find interesting about you angie is that i always equated the town with like the fifth generation people were on the side of the town that you lived on and everybody that wasn't was on the side of the town that i lived on because we were both outside of the town but i was in like the suburb side where you were in like the deep countryside i was in the deep woods yes yeah. if you didn't see andy's driveway you just think you were driving past like the trees and all of a sudden you see your house kind of in a clearing you're like damn it i missed it again I, I, <laughs> it's true <laughs> Um, you had to look for the mailbox that had the word butt on it. So, <laughs> yeah, you understand where I'm coming from. I 100% was never, because I was the same. I never was around. I know I have friends that like country music, but not a lot. And I've just avoided it like the plague. So, like, I don't know how you eventually listened to it or was like, you know what? I'm going to delve into this, but I just never got there. I definitely had a bunch of friends that all of a sudden stopped listening to Metallica and we, you know, we went to their house for like bonfire parties or whatever and all of a sudden they were blaring country music out of their car stereos. Was that in Alberta? No, it was in Almont. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, in Almont, yeah. That was a good guess. Yeah. Definitely, I definitely run into some people in, in Alberta, I can say that. But no, this was like in high school. It seemed like all of a sudden these these friends of mine that had never once expressed any interest in country music, when I started spending more time with them socially, outside of school, it was like all of a sudden, it's like, why why are we listening to this? And like, no, it's great. And it's like, who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel like still. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I never, I never liked it growing up. I, I, my, I remember even my aunt and uncle, like at one point I was, we'd spend like weekends with them and stuff and they, they lived in the city and somehow they were more rednecky than we were. Yeah. All of a sudden we were going to like the cottage. I was going to their cottage and they, my uncle was listening to country music and it was like, again, like what, what is going on? And so 
I never listened to it on purpose. I never liked it, but I think my attitude towards music has largely been when I don't like music, I tend not to like bitch and moan about it in a social setting. I'm not like, ooh, put the shit on. I'm I just would. like, I just ignore <laughs> it. <laughs> I just, I just largely ignore it. And to answer your question, the thing that started me listening to country music at all was biopic movies about country music stars. So I saw Walk the Line. And I started watching, listening to Johnny Cash a little bit. And then I saw Coal Miner's Daughter and started listening to Loretta Lynn. And so the joke was, I basically don't listen to country music unless they've had a biopic about them. Right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, so having moved to Alberta now, certainly I've, I've run across a lot of people who only listen to country music. Sure, I didn't think they had other music in Alberta. <laughs> we have country and <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what a range. <laughs> yeah, Blues Brothers reference. Oh, I love the Blues Brothers. But so I started, I, I have a fondness, I guess, for some older country. I really, 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 really don't like modern country. I really don't like it. There's, I sort of look at music and like, is there any, can I find any joy in listening to this music? Is, do I, is there any part of it that I can enjoy? And modern country music is just something that is like everything I've listened to across the board has just been no. Yeah. Um, I, I find that, like, like you said, all the songs sound the same. It doesn't seem to matter who they are. And they all have that country music singing voice that is largely just mimicking people like Charlie Pride. You know, where every song sounds like this and they're singing like and my truck yeah. is gone and my lady left me yeah. Dun, 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 dun. yeah it's like they all just they all just like it's like they have very very little vocal range and so they just like sit in like one octave that they can get to in chest voice and then they just stay right there and so i find a lot of that's difficult to listen to and but i find with older country music i find because it's a little bit, I find it actually a little bit more interesting. It's not trying to be modern pop music. It's not trying to like jump into modern pop and like cut into that world where it's like, oh, we're not really quite rock and roll. Like we're, we're rock and roll and we're cool, but we got like fiddles and slide guitar, but we sing a lot about Jesus. And I, I think I just, eh. I find that like most of country music now seems to be like, they're trying to out Jesus out South each other or old country music. They just kind of talked about the hardships they had growing up. And right. I find that that's a lot more interesting subject matter to listen to. And because they're not trying to be anything other than country music, they're not trying to compete with rock music. They're not trying to compete with pop music. They're just, they're just country. That's all they are. Yeah. And they're proud of it. I find that it actually is a lot easier to listen to. Although a lot of it, this album included by the time I get to the end, it's like, I, I couldn't really, Aside from the really, really hard cuts in the songs, which I want to talk about later, hard cuts, yeah. <laughs> which I want to talk about later, and the, it all just kind of blended for me. Like if if this could be all one big long song, or you know, one like long country music opera or something like that, like it. So anyway, that I, I didn't dislike it, but I just I never listened to him before. And I just want to circle back that I I had friends in high school that listened to country music. But I mean, like most teenagers, my identity rested very much on my musical tastes. And I was a fucking rock kid. And I was gothy and I was like, put me in a mosh pit any second of the day. And if I, and that I was so, so, so much about that, there was no time for that shit. And I just right. never got there because then I moved to England and got into weird dance music and then whatever. <laughs> I, and then it, but I always, anyways, just to say, it's always had a very negative connotation for me. And um, yeah, I'm sure I definitely do or would like the older stuff more than the new stuff. Can we talk about really quickly that Gwen Stefani's in country now? <laughs> oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess because she's with Blake Shelton, isn't she? Yeah, the only reason I know this is because I watch The Voice because I'm a 16-year-old girl. Um, <laughs> and that in Storage Wars. Um, I know, and it's funny because I hate reality television, and these are them. I'm starting to um, think you don't. I know. These are like the two, I swear. <laughs> and Hell's Kitchen. But anyways, you, I have a Gordon Ramsay fetish. I don't want to talk about it. Evidence is really piling up here, Ann. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but Gwen Stefani, like, trying to do country is uh, a good time. And... Um, there's a lot of country sort of on that show that I just have to like hold my breath and hope I die in the middle of it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm very excited that I have 
learned about Charlie Pride and I think it's um, brilliant. I'm just, it's, oh man, the music's hard for me. And can I just say, when I got to like Louisiana Man, all I could think of was, was Mighty Wind, which is a really brilliant um, mockumentary about folk music <laughs> by Christopher Guest, my favorite human being alive. And I was really wishing that he would do a mockumentary on country music. <laughs> it sounded very much like one of the folk tunes they used to make fun of, but I think that would be a really great project for him to do. Yeah, I'm gonna watch this one now. Um, I mean, I kind of get it. It's funny, like both your stories, I guess, kind of tie into how it works for me. First, I want to say my wife 100% agrees with you, Angie. She <laughs> complained numerous times that I had picked this album because that meant I absolutely had to listen to it whenever I could. And she hated every second of that. <laughs> it's been a lot of long car rides this last week. So much arm punching. So like, I grew up hearing some country, like my dad would listen to Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, especially a lot of like later, older Johnny Cash, where he was just essentially just telling the world how he felt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and right, Johnny Cash has always kind of had this like slight crossover like with punk. He was always considered the punk of country. So my dad felt okay listening to Johnny Cash because it still meant he was punk. Because my dad still kind of is a teenager who dedicates too much of his identity to music. <laughs> like everything, like kind of every decision my dad makes musically relates some way back to how it could be punk or is influenced by or influenced it. Like it's wild to me. Is he one of those old men that still wears like a leather jacket with a lot of pins in it? Like, no, he's not there. <laughs> and he, only, he only isn't there because of my mother, who actually has literally banned him from buying and owning any more band T-shirts because she's <laughs> sick of him wearing them in his forties. I just love that you talk. Hey, about- this is my going to town shirt. Right? <laughs> I love that you talk about your dad loving punk, and my dad is like 75 and can't figure out Spotify to listen to like Stephen's parents are quite young. Well, my my dad's my dad's young, right? There's 10 years between my mom and my dad. So yeah, mine too, actually. (laughs) Yeah, so my my dad's was only 20 when they had me, and yeah, he's just he's just been like that as long as I've known him. Everything's always just been punk or punk adjacent. Um, so I grew up listening to Johnny Cash. My grandmother loved, actually, I just remember always hearing country at my grandmother's house. I couldn't honestly tell you which artist it was, but my, my grandmother would essentially listen to swing country, almost like opera, I guess. It was like opera music. I don't remember there being lyrics, just a lot of like high vocal work. So I kind of always had a place for country, like musically. But actually for me, right, I was hitting my teen years when we moved to Alberta. So I absolutely hate pretty much most country made after like 1990, straight up to about 2015. <laughs> like, because my first true exposure to constant country music was right in my teenage, I'm a fucking punk rocker, I don't listen to country, that would be weak phase i avoided it like the plague as well and i've never really gone back to listen to a lot of the stuff in that era so i listen to a lot of really old country and i'm listening to a lot more country these days because country has finally after so long starting to change and it's starting to become a more complex and fun and interesting genre again thanks to more influence from black creators so like little naz i guess being the the most kind of the biggest modern example is duet with Billy Ray Cyrus. Um, but yeah, country's finally starting to move in directions that are interesting and could produce really cool sound, but they haven't been for 50 fucking years. So yeah, I listened to really old, like 1940s to about 1970s, 80s. I listened to a lot of that and I don't really listen to much up into the last couple of years. So I told him being just like, ugh, fuck country. <laughs> I'm always shocked how many country artists there are, because I feel like we do like a lot of trivia at work, and there's a whole chunk of like the world I don't know anything about, because there are a krizillion 
It's like <laughs> yeah. country artists that people know. And I don't listen to any radio station they would pop onto to learn. And they're like, oh, they're on the radio. I'm like, yeah. they're on fucking Shea 106. They're not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's the real radio. Real. Yeah, it's not something that I just like. I'm shocked all the time where they're like, oh, this person. I'm like, who the fuck? And they're a country singer. I'm like, oh, another one. Okay. It yeah, seems like I've... it's a huge business. It seems like it's... And I always wonder, like, how much country music, like, modern country music is big outside of the U.S. Because it feels so, like, American homegrown. Like, oh, are people in Europe singing about their pickup trucks no they don't have pickup trucks uh, or do they no, just they, with, like, they actively make fun of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah well the only thing i know about the you know uk and england's love of country music is i watched dolly parton set at glastonbury from a number of years ago and that seemed to go over well but again it's sort of like I feel like everybody loves Jolene. I, you know what? And I say I like hate country, but I grew up listening to Willie Nelson. I own Stardust on vinyl, so I guess I'm not totally out to lunch with it. But I just, <laughs> when I think, I don't know, when I think country, I think like you just said, Billy Ray Cyrus. So that's the one person I can think of on the whole planet. That's just <laughs> <laughs> I. I've had exactly the same experience as you, though, Angie. Like, it's an entire world that I am completely unaware of in terms of, like, who's popular. There was a few, a number of years, or a couple of years, I dated this woman here after I moved. So, like, 2009 to, like, 2000, end of 2010, kind of thing. We had a relationship. And her family liked country music. She didn't particularly, but, like, her family members did. And I remember we were driving past... Rexall Place, which was until recently the hockey stadium here, which is where all the concerts and stuff were. The really, really big ones are at the football field, but the most of them were just at the hockey arena. And we were driving past and like it was there was a concert happening. The place was packed, just jammed with cars for like some guy. And I was like, who or what is that? And she's like, oh, he's country music. He's huge. He's actually Albertan. I'm like, pardon me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like he sold out Rexall Place, which I understand is the smallest at the time of all the hockey arenas in the NHL, but still, <laughs> like, you know, what, 15,000 people or something? Um, it's crazy. Place? There's a, it's a huge, there's a huge, huge following. Yeah. Um, she's like, you never heard of him? Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was another time. It's interesting being here because as many co country music concerts as you probably get in Ottawa, imagine how many come to Edmonton. Yeah, no, time's up I don't have this experience really anymore because our hockey arena has now moved downtown and I never go downtown. And I used to, you, you sort of drive past Rexel Place in the part of the city that I live in to like, to get to a lot of places. It's like a natural throughaway through the city on this side. And so I remember one time I was driving back home and I got behind Carrie Underwood's like three transport trucks leaving after her concert. <laughs> and they were all like, they were all decked out with like, it looked like, it looked like, um, the, like those, uh, like, oh, I'm stumbling here. It looked like a politician's bus. Oh. It was just like her picture and like, it was like, these trucks were like, you know, billboards. It, it looked, yeah, it looked the way that like, they were the kind of trucks, uh, let me, let me back up. They were the kind of trucks that you see race cars get transported in okay she's big business and the only she reason is. i feel like we 100 percent all knew about her is because she was um dating mike fisher when i was a puck bunny uh, back in the day but Married i feel him, didn't she? yes totally for sure they're in love with each other and jesus mike <laughs> fisher for those of you who are not from Ottawa or Nashville is an NHL hockey player or was, is he still playing? Oh, I seems... have no, no idea. idea. I feel like it was long enough ago. He's probably retired, but yeah, they, he, they were exceptionally Christian. And, and Mike Fisher lived in just outside of Belmont. Really? Right near your parents. The, when I was growing up, the uh, Gary Galley yes. of Boston Bruins lived in my neighborhood. And he had a bar in Elmont for a while little while yeah but he lived in my neighborhood again hockey player from like the 80s and 90s so we're really getting into niche markets here <laughs> oh, i don't know anything about hockey these days but i did for a couple years know a lot about it and that has gone but um yeah 
The only exposure I have to country music now is Blake Shelton because of the fucking voice. And every time I hear like a country song, I think I could be making so much money writing these songs. I feel <laughs> like I could drink a beer and rip out a country song that's stellar in probably 20 minutes and make a million dollars off it. Every time I hear one of these new songs, I'm like, Jesus, where did they like come up with this? This is like basic that, shit. It's like that South Park episode where Cartman starts a Christian music rock band. <laughs> it's like, it's super easy. All you have to do is replace words like baby and love with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite episodes. So funny. Yeah, honestly, it's a good point, though. They're like, country really does it. Well, that's a lie. Country now has a huge impact around the world, especially with Spotify and with, you know, quote unquote, modern country pumping out these like superstars that are essentially modeled after iconic pop stars and stuff. This These huge, giant, always visible, always vibrant personalities. Country just pretends theirs are rooted in the soil. <laughs> and and actually... Uh, it's actually a Charlie Pride song is the first country song that ever went uh, number one in the UK in 1979 he has a song called You're My Jamaica written by Kent Robbins yeah it was the first country song to ever go number one in England <laughs> yeah and it's I imagine there haven't been a ton since honestly I don't remember listening to like any country honestly growing up other than my own house like England Germany Cyprus I don't remember really ever hearing country just on <laughs> i feel like i got deep into weird house dance music when i was oh, there that's oh yeah for sure there is a vast well of that available yeah, i dove into ministry of sound head first but yeah yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> What I would say, though, is I know when you were like, well, I wasn't going to give you a gospel album, and Bryn was like, thank God, and I was like, damn it! Um, <laughs> Stand last, by that. <laughs> yeah, the last song, I, you know, was gospel, and that's the one I like the most. Well, there like, you go. Here we go. Let is love. Here it is. Like, I don't know why I can get into gospel any... Not, I mean... Not, not listening to gospel every day. <laughs> I can get into it because they take that twang out that makes me want to... It's yeah. like, it's like chew, that twang is chewing on tinfoil for me. <laughs> That's fair. Um, and actually, yeah, it was funny because I knew the song was there. Because I knew... there. I, I imagine there's got to be a gospel track on every single one of his like best of albums. It was a huge like section of his career but it's just a very it's such a fun song and that's why i like it too whereas yeah i don't listen to a lot of gospel i don't like slow right we've been pretty clear on this i don't like much slow music and shit but, i'm gonna ruin your life on this <laughs> i know <laughs> but i preemptively done the same with this album so like i, like I said with cupcake this could just be us oh, yeah. i know at least like <laughs> nine country albums by name i could make us listen to so It'll be fun. Damn it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway Twitty. <laughs> I was actually thinking of that while listening to this because I was driving to the LCBO and I had it pretty loud. And when I got around people, I turned it right down because I was like, oh my God, I don't listen to this, guys. And then for some reason, I thought of that. But my parents listened to a lot of gospel. Like we were there... We just happen to be listening to some music and they'll put on Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? like any minute of the day. <laughs> and then we're just we're just jamming. <laughs> I never made it through. Oh that my movie. god. My my parents will put it on and then I'll sing it and my my mom and my brother harmonize. And then Incredible. we're the Von Trap family. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, like, I don't know, this is fun gospel, oh, and I can get behind fun gospel. Yeah, I think it's just kind of, like, lively and hopeful and soulful, whereas country's like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my no. <laughs> yeah, see, I wasn't sure where Bryn's kind of stance on this was. I was I was pretty sure you didn't listen to it at all. <laughs> I was pretty sure Andrew didn't either. When you were like, country music, I was like, oh. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Go in there. Go um, in there. I, I was oh, just going to say, 
far more no, interesting. Not at all. Not at all. I don't believe that. I'm just louder. <laughs> I do. <laughs> that makes you right. <laughs> I think we should circle back to the rough cuts. How much does that take you out of the album when you're like, thank you, Oh yeah. And you're like, oh. Yes. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah, I was like, there there is no there there is no songbird on this because the whole album I rips me out. Exact same thing, Brandon. No songbird. Like, every song was, did it. Every. I was just like, I, that was yeah. The honestly, I just had it on while I was at like I didn't really I, had, I don't drive really anymore. And so I've just been listening to it while I've been working. So I just have Spotify like hidden behind a million web browsers and stuff while I'm working. And all of a sudden I was just like, did did it, what happened? Like, yeah. did my internet cut out? Like what happened to that? Why was that song 30 seconds? Like, so I, yeah, I think I kind of really hate whoever engineered 100%. and produced this album. <laughs> Work on your transitions. Nearly live. <laughs> like, like I think as like a thirteen year old I made better mixtape transitions than this. Like Stay in and stay down, dude. It's a live album. You don't even have to. Like all it's the audience anyway. Like I like I was happy that it was live, but yeah, like I don't even understand and that's why I'm sort of bummed that we couldn't find a Wikipedia article about it, because I was hoping maybe they talk about Shady it or editing? talk about like where these like is it all one is it all one performance? Is this like did he have like, you know, and there's like a bunch of different concerts that they just jammed them together really awkwardly. Or... Does, does that even matter? You can still fade in and fade out. You can still slowly turn down the volume without being like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, cut it. Yeah, and they all end like, I want you to cheat so heavy by the Beatles. It's just like John Lennon was like, that's good. <laughs> Stop. Hold it. Yeah, it's very yeah. off-putting. Like they they literally very record off-putting. ripped you out of the song. Like, just uh. <laughs> so yeah. Every single end of song was like, oh my yeah. god, did like, my head? Hap- yeah, and then you go back through the track listing. It's like forty-two second song. It wasn't <laughs> over. Thirty-six <laughs> sec. Like all all I have to offer to all i have to offer you is me. Like this is like some pretty long ass titles. Thirty-six <laughs> seconds, and you listen to it. And the song wasn't 36 <laughs> seconds. Like, it wasn't like it was part of a montage because it's surrounded by a minute 14 and a 251 song. Like, it, it's not like it's part of a whole montage of like 30 second clips of a bunch of his hits or something like that. It was just like, yeah, good enough. There, there's 42 seconds of Does My Ring Hurt Your Finger, which I think is the amount of time it takes to sing that one line in country music. Thank you. <laughs> Also, I remember last week you guys saying that his most popular song in this was Kiss an Angel Good Morning. Uh, well. That was terrible. Doesn't he even introduce it with like, this is the biggest hit I've ever had. And he starts singing it and thank you. And I was like, no, I can think of <laughs> hey, that's four a, better uh, ones can, on this. That's what the audience wanted. If, if the music <laughs> charts have taught us anything, it, being good does not equal a hit song. But... At least you just have better songs out there. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But I was like, there were songs where I'd be like, okay, okay. Um, and then this song, I'd yeah, be like, Yeah, for sure. Oh, Does my ring hurt your finger is actually a two, terrible. I think it's two minutes and 16 seconds. I, I wrote it down. Oh no, that's what I mean. It's, it, is only, it is only 42 song? seconds on this album, but it is a two, two minute and 16 second song as an actual track on the original album it's from. <laughs> oh. Sorry, it was on a vinyl single. I'm just listening to it again to see like if it cuts out. Like I, I, I gotta, I, I seem to recall it cuts out like while he's singing. All right, here we go. This was my favorite lyric, by the way, though. Does my ring hurt your finger? Yeah, honestly, as like a short little 42 second interlude, I kind of really love it. I did too. Like, I don't... It was, it was sweet relief after kissing <laughs> angels in the morning. I will say the way that this album is constructed, there's a lot of whiplash on the subject matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the secret to a happy life is to kiss a beautiful woman every morning and just be good to her. And then immediately like, oh shit, is that ring getting too tight? Like, I see you leaving at night. <laughs> and then it goes right back up to, I couldn't live without you. <laughs> Kissing an angel every morning. Are you whoring about? <laughs> so yeah, they are legitimately just like, for some reason, clipped sections of full songs, and I didn't realize that when I picked the album, but I kind of love it. I'm glad you did that. 
Oh, oh yeah, and Louis, like this yeah, Lovesick Blues. He goes, does my ringer hurt your finger? And then it's like, fade out, hard cut. And then, holy, holy. It's like, it's like, Steven, this is the wildest ride we've ever gone ever... <laughs> I don't think yodeling is acceptable ever unless you're watching Sound of Music or you're in the Alps. That is my only. I have never understood accent. yodeling in country. It's never made sense to me. Very European, yes. No. <laughs> but yeah, that's that would have. If I had to pick a songbird, it would have been that because where it just cuts into yodeling is wild. Yeah, I immediately go to sound of music. I think I started singing "High on a Hill with a Lonely Girl." I like how you instantly went into Julie Andrews' like cadence. <laughs> yeah. Anytime. We all, we all I do. can do it. I've never put four hours aside to watch The Sound of Music. It's another one I've never watched. <laughs> I've watched it probably 300 times. I watch every it time you mention year. it on social media. I always want to tease you and be like, I just don't have the four, th the free four hours to watch that movie. <laughs> oh, I've got lots. Renee loves it too, and every time I make that joke, I'm just like, I don't have four hours to watch. She's like, It's not that long. I'm like, It's how long it feels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it probably is that long. I did watch Cleopatra, which is that long. Holy shit. It's funny, though. I have a rule against long movies. I haven't seen most of Brad Pitt's movies because they're over two hours. And I have a hard and fast rule about it because I don't have the fucking attention span. Mm, fair enough. But Sound of Music <laughs> just takes me away. And I just, I just love it. I love it. Listen to I Wonder Could I Live There Anymore. That is the one that I thought of. That's uh, when, when we're talking about the way the songs end. Oh, yeah. I, I just was at the end of it. And it's like, done. <laughs> it's like, it's like, and then I saw... <laughs> oh, are we done here? Because you didn't see anything. <laughs> yes, but I gotta say, I think as much as the songs kind of all blend in, I don't really have a favorite necessarily. I think I like Mississippi Cotton Pick and Delta Town. I like the the way he, the way he sings it. Yeah. Again, it's like it's like a whole sentence. It's like that's a hell of a of a street sign. But <laughs> I like the way that it ends. But yeah, the thing that I liked the best about it, and I'm and I and I probably wouldn't have liked the listening experience as much if you hadn't chosen the live album, was him saying thank you. <laughs> the beginning of every song, I it loved it. Love him immediately. Right? I, just, like, I loved it. Me. I was like, again, this is where that comes from. It's like mm -hmm. that. That's a joke at this point. It's like a meme. Yeah, almost. and then he's yeah. just busting <laughs> that shit out. Uh, I, the sound of music, by the way, is six minutes shy of being three hours long. Yeah, so it's like a James Cameron. Holy movie. shit! But there's bullshit that you don't have the time for. That that's also the same as a fucking Tarantino movie, and I won't do that. I won't do that either. Oh, it's not that I don't have time. I'm just not gonna watch it. <laughs> well, I'll watch a three-hour movie. I love Julie Andrews. I do, and I just don't like the sound of music. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I've I've tried watching it a bunch of times. I've seen, I've probably seen most of it over the years, but I've never sat down and watched the whole thing beginning to long distance end. Like, I'll act it out like, for you. It'll be better. <laughs> you have such a lovely singing voice. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it on a boat when, when you guys give me uh, my last request. <laughs> um, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I did I tell you about the time my mom and I went to the Mayfair to watch Sound of Music and do a sing-along? <laughs> Maybe, but it's worth telling again if you have. <laughs> uh, it you basically the Mayfair does this thing, kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show, but less like party. Um, less throwing shit at the screen. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> and you just go and like everyone sings at the top of their lungs to all the songs, and I totally lost my shit and. At the opening song, I just started crying and laughing at the same time, and I couldn't stop. And I basically had a stroke the whole movie because <laughs> I was trying to sing, but I was like getting emotional that everyone else was singing, and it was just overwhelming. I was so verklempt. It was so bizarre, but it was, uh, it was, and mom kept looking at me and she's like, Are you okay? I'm like, I don't know. I've never been this good. <laughs> it was so funny. I don't know what happened, but I just, I just lost my shit completely, and it was. That must be what happens to people at church sometimes, where they're just like so moved. Yeah, like... I might have done it at Rocky Horror Picture Show too live because I also <laughs> just, you know, 
adore every song from that as well. Rest in peace, By Town. Oh, this was Mayfair. It's still open. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah, but yes, R.I.P. By Town. Hideous. So, guys. <laughs> been almost an hour. hard cuts. <laughs> and yes. You should just end the podcast now. <laughs> so, I think we all agree that there's no no songbird on this album. Every song is a yeah. songbird. Every song is a songbird. Louisiana Man, where he keeps singing Papa over and over again. I was just like, stop saying it. But doesn't it, do you remember Mighty Wind? You know the song where they're like, and I was like, same song. Go listen to Mighty Wind or watch Mighty Wind and, and put in country music instead. Okay. Okay. I think it's a good call. Okay. I'm here for it. Well, I don't think I connected with this album enough for it to be a revisit dessert, even much less than a dessert album, Ireland. Dessert Island. (laughs) I'm not even drinking tonight. I'm just so I'm just so rattled by this experience. (laughs) And I do have Louisiana Man on and he is saying Papa over and over again and it's really distracting. (laughs) So I like I said, I like I do like some old country music. I don't know if I'd listen to this again. It didn't do anything for me. He didn't sing about coal mining or being an angry wife. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised I actually got through it in the first place, but then I did. I committed and I listened to it several... I mean, not all together. I can't do it. I I had to cleanse my palate in between. Um, (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) I was enjoying, now that we have each other as friends on Spotify, I saw you had listened to some of it and then the next time you popped on you were listening to like Everclear or something like that I was listening <laughs> to Mac Hood I like went and I was like oh man I haven't listened to audio of being in like years and then I got into a Mac Good um, yeah yeah oh that's funny that you saw that I, saw I would that. throw a few songs and then something else and then a few songs <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like it is I'm sure nothing to do with Beer Charlie Pride I just am a bastard that can't get into country I, I think i think country music is almost sort of like religion in a sense where it's like unless you're raised on it it's very difficult to come in later in life right that makes that, sense that that that's would be my great. argument yeah, yeah. No. that's what it makes it like that's honestly i never expected you to make it through a full play of this <laughs> i did i did i got i put the, i put call call liga the first song on and I got about 20 seconds into it and I was just like nope <laughs> I turned it off and uh, and then a few I, days later I just like was like come on man fucking do this <laughs> I was like psyching myself up and I just I just like hit play and I hit it behind all of my windows and I just let it grind and I was like we are doing this we're just gonna listen to every song through to the end <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Like you. Uh, <laughs> I kept wondering why it was called Kaliga Ka- because I was thought he was singing Dear Liza. And I was like, Dear Liza. <laughs> I was hearing Elijah at first. Yeah, I heard that as well. And then I was like, why is it called that? Yeah. Yeah, you being like, listen to a Patterson was me dancing in the kitchen going, country music, country music. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure my neighbors enjoyed that. I'm like, here we go, in it, get in it, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I kind of expected that, that yeah, you might get through it, but it wasn't going to really be your cup of tea. All I got to say is if anybody listening likes country or is curious, go give it a shot. I really like Charlie Pride's voice. I think he's got a really, really incredible baritone voice. And like I said, it just has that like, almost feels like genuine kind of warmth behind it. And I was going to say, Brent, obviously you felt the effects of that a little bit by grinding through it. Because by the end, he had said thank you to you so many times. You're like, yeah, Tyler Pride's all right. I'm on board. <laughs> no, like I said, I didn't I didn't hate it at all. Yeah. Um, I liked it in the same way that I like listening to Loretta Lynn every once in a while. Who actually came on immediately after the album finished. Oh, really? In a song where she was threatening another woman about her husband. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Which is why Loretta Lynn's part of my favorite people where she, you know, half her songs are like 
oh, you're going to go out and have a good time and come home and want to get with me? Well, you can go fuck off. And the rest of them are like, some some woman's trying to take her man. I'm like, bitch, you threw him out. What? <laughs> he came home. He went out. He came home. And he was, you know, wanted wanted something from you. And you weren't prepared to give it. So you didn't tell him to go to bed. You told him to get out. So he went and found someone else. And now you're mad. But you're mad at her. Anyway. I was like, it's like send him to the spare room or something. Like, don't send him back out and then be surprised when he's a shitbag. <laughs> <laughs> he came home. Why do, you, why do you think they do out there? Yeah, he came home. Um, so yeah, just kind of touching on, like, it's a really good album. Um, I think it goes without saying country music wouldn't exist without African-American musicians through America's history. It like country literally comes from the string bands that were being formed and played by slaves or recently freed slaves. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those incredible things to me that country has a lot of really horrible racist connotations. And once again, those have been subverted to produce something incredible and unifying and like universe. Well, not universally, but widely beloved, we'll say. <laughs> and that always blows my mind. Like mississippi cotton pick and delta town right as much as a mouthful it is to say that's that's him directly singing about the childhood he was trying to get away from and the life that had been kind of set aside for him and getting out there and doing what he truly wanted to do with his life um and i do want to touch on the fact that Kaliga is obviously it's racist there's just no getting around it like it's they use indian as the stand-in for native american clearly just a shitty product of its time and it's unfortunate it's literally the opening track to this album but the album itself is good i like it i think it's a really good collection of him <laughs> i know i can't believe i didn't realize the like 36 second tracks and stuff <laughs> when i picked it i just yeah, yeah i just read the titles and i'm like oh yeah I, I know these ones and this one and that's a good choice <laughs> it totally didn't occur to me it wasn't until i listened through it i was like oh that was odd. To be fair, when you look at a track list, you don't usually look to see how long the song is. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just think Charlie Pride was an incredible human being, and it really sucks that he's gone now. My condolences to his friends, his fan- family, and his fans. Another COVID loss, yeah. man. We lost another one. He, he changed the world and has no doubt inspired countless others to do the same. Yeah. So, Thank you for introducing us to him, or at least me. Thanks for yeah, like I, I like I said, I saw his passing. I saw that it had popped up yeah, on Reddit or something, but I was just like, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So th- yeah, thanks for forcing us to appreciate this artist, even if we don't appreciate the music he made. I definitely appreciated, you know, the journey that he would have had to go on for someone like me to end up listening to it in twenty. Oh, actually, there is a there is a Charlie Pride biopic um, that hasn't been released yet but is supposed to be coming post-pandemic. Well, it got like limited showings, mm-hmm. but as far as I know, like it's done and it's it's looking to be released now. So there actually is a biopic coming out. There you go, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> playing Charlie, is it Morpheus? Um, and yeah, of course. <laughs> Denzel? I think the last casting is actually Dwayne Johnson. No. <laughs> but I'm not 100% sure. That doesn't make any that, I heard that years ago, and it sounds insane, but it was Holy true. Shit. I just don't know if it's changed since. Oh, that's crazy. Like, well, now I'll watch it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but thank you both very much for listening to the album. Yeah, I know. I love it. Anybody got any final thoughts? I really enjoyed the thank yous. Yeah, I like them too. Okay. No, I think that was good. All right, next week, we start our month of breakup music. Heartbreak music. <laughs> and very, issues out. Yeah, or unlikely breakup music. So I guess it's my... I have to pick first, and I'm not going to get into it too much, but this is an album, I guess, I listened to during my first relationship and after, I guess. This is probably the closest thing I have to a breakup album that I'm prepared to discuss. <laughs> yeah, and, and, we it. and that album is Crime of the Century by Supertramp. Oh. Oh, nice. So we're going to be, it's going to be a little bit different than Charlie Pride. <laughs> just, just a slight departure. 
But uh, yeah, it just is what it is. It's probably not a typical breakup album. It's just kind of an album that I listen to a lot of the time. And I think it's got a good good atmosphere and stuff. And I'm excited to revisit it because I haven't had an excuse to listen to that album in quite a long time. And the nice thing is, is that I'm so departed from that relationship and that time in my life that I could honestly give a shit about all of it. Yay. But I still like Super Tramp Prime of the Century. So very nice. That's my suggestion for next week. Awesome. Yeah, excited. So we'll wrap it up there, I suppose. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. And we will join you again next week. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Life to Labyrinth podcast. Theme music by Devin Rose. Find Devin on Bandcamp or any streaming service. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Life Number 2 Labyrinth.